everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, September 18th, 2016. This week was the week! I had no idea! <laughs> this is why I love staying spoiler-free, because I had no idea this would be the week that Jack finds out about the affair! Oh, my mind exploded! I loved it so much, and I think I enjoyed it more because I genuinely didn't realize that this is where we were headed. I thought that we were going to stretch this out until November sweeps, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be another couple of months of Phyllis floundering back and forth and back and forth between Jack and Billy. The woman goes back and forth depending on which way the wind is blowing. And this week at the beginning of the week was absolutely no exception. Last week she had gone back to Billy, but by Monday she's having this heartfelt conversation with Jack in the park telling him that she is all in on their marriage and they decide that they're going to go to couples therapy and not only that but she's finally doing something she probably should have done a long time ago which was get some individual therapy to work through the problems that she was having and the feelings that she was having and it seemed to be working the therapy seemed to be doing good for her and for Jack she goes to Billy and breaks up with him for like the fifth time <laughs> which again at the beginning of the week I'm thinking this is no different than any of the other times she's broken up with him if everything seemed to be on track for business as usual the thing that tipped me off though and I, I don't, I'm not sure if this was like Tuesday or Wednesday my, my senses my soap opera senses started tingling the moment that Phyllis broke up with Billy and he accepted it this time. That was what really turned my attention, raised my eyebrow and my suspicion. Wait a minute. Every other time she's broken up with Billy, he has thrown a fit. He has gone on a bender. He's done, you know, he's told her that he's not going to accept it. He's fought for her. And this time he has a total turnaround in like eight seconds and decides that, yes, okay, fine. Phyllis loves Jack. I guess I'll just leave her alone now. I guess we'll just tie this whole affair up with a neat little bow on it. And that's when I knew. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that neat little bow is about to come undone. I literally, in the moment, at the, by the end of the show where she broke up with him, I flashed to this alternate scene where I could see Billy and Phyllis's heads being solidly fastened into a guillotine. <laughs> I don't know if, it, if everybody realized it at that moment or if it's my 20 plus years of soap opera viewing I'm like wait a minute this is too perfect so I'm, I'm literally seeing their heads you know those old old timey guillotines where your head's in it and the, the your wrists are in it too I think what was it like Wednesday I was or Tuesday I was seeing that by Wednesday I was seeing flashes of the big blade above them and by Thursday and Friday I was seeing the big blade coming smashing down and chopping both of their heads off in one fell swoop. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, so... Uh, the interesting thing that kind of led up to Jack finding out was, oddly enough, the fact that we found out that Jill was not having a heart attack. Oh no, I had predicted that, oh, this is going to be some big thing that's going to send Jess Walton off the show. I was, I guess, just wrong, wrong, wrong last week. She actually had, Jill has a, a deadly bout of acid reflux. <laughs> she was faking it. She faked the whole thing. She wound up in the hospital. She is learning that basically what she has is heartburn, but she's pulling out her compact and she's putting white makeup all over her face to make herself look sicker, which was such a Catherine Chancellor move. I'm looking at her in the hospital and I'm thinking, hasn't Catherine done this exact same same thing before. I think that in so many ways, the irony of Jill Foster Abbott is the fact that she, or Atkinson, I could probably string all of her married names together, but the irony is that she spent so much time in her life fighting against Catherine, and in the end, she's exactly like her. I mean, that was such a Catherine move. And Colin called it out right away. He could tell that his wife was faking it. She's, she's like pretending that she's on her Beth deathbed talking to Billy and, and, and wanting him to do his total turnaround, wanting him to decide to end the affair with Phyllis and get on the straight and narrow. And she's hoping that she can use this death scare as a way to scare him into, scare him straight, basically. But meanwhile, Colin is like rolling his eyes in the background. He knows his wife. And so he starts to grill Jill a little bit about what it is that she knows that she's hiding from him. What is the secret that you're keeping? And he manages to pry it out of her. He kind of guesses that it's about Billy and Phyllis and that they're having an affair. And what does Colin do? He goes straight to Jack to cash in on the information. He tells Jack, uh, I know something about your wife, and if you'd like to fork over a cool million dollars, then I'd be more than happy to tell you about it. And I think that was the moment that, that the bow really started to unravel for Jack, because normally Jack wouldn't really, I don't think, pay too much attention to what, it, well, pretty much anything that's coming through Colin's lips. You would assume that it was a lie. But I think that Jack has wanted over and over again to give Phyllis the benefit of the doubt, and yet the doubt was still there the entire time, and if there was something to be known about her, he kind of had a feeling there was more to what was going on, and he really wanted to know it. He shows up at Colin's hotel room with a duffel bag full of cash. There we go yet again. Why in our loves the duffel bag full of cash? Why does this never happen in my life? <laughs> there are not enough big cash payouts for me. Nobody's ever laid a million dollars on my dining room table back there and, and told me to do something. I might just do it. Uh, and Colin... 
was like salivating over the money but the problem is he promised Jill that he wasn't going to say anything he let he let his excitement for the blackmail or the the exchange of money get the better of him but Jill told him if you don't go fix this and pretend like you don't know anything about this secret then I'm going to leave you and you're going to have nothing and so Colin wants so badly to take this money he's he's practically drooling on the do- on the thousand dollar bills that Jack has laid before him but ultimately he chooses Jill and tells Jack you know what I was just messing around. Uh, there's nothing that I know about your wife. Look in your heart. You know that she's really, uh, she's committed to you. And and uh, the blackmail doesn't work. Jack has to, I assume, take his cash uh, back to the bank. <laughs> uh, or under his mattress, wherever he keeps that cool million dollars. But Jack is still, I think, suspicious at this point. Something has just, there's a little bell that's going off in Jack's mind, and it can't be unrung. Meanwhile, Billy is at the lab. He's downstairs having this really gross Playboy bunny photo shoot. It was disgusting. He was in there, like, with his shirt kind of, like, unbuttoned a little bit too far, and he's drinking tequila, and he's, ew, he's got, like, five or six girls in the lab in their bikinis, and he's recording them? That is so creeptastic. Like, it's it's beyond-tastic. It's, it's like, stalker-pervo-weird <laughs> level. I don't, I don't really want to see anybody, especially not Billy, uh, f- videotaping girls in their bikinis. Like, what are you going to do? I, he was, like, trying to make it seem like they were interviewing for a job. That was so sleazy. I, it's hard to like Billy after just seeing that. Frankly, just that scene right there uh, made it hard to like him and then the whole thing with he found out like or he sees one of the models has red hair and so he it's like a casting couch situation and he calls her back and like I think she probably thinks she's gonna get a modeling job there and he's just talking about her hair color and how beautiful red it is and and you know we as the audience know that he's trying to see her as a Phyllis surrogate or he's trying to do something to fill the Phyllis spot uh, but it's it's so sleazy. It's it's not working at all. I was disgusted with Billy throughout that entire scene. Ashley ended up walking in on the Playboy video shoot and realizes because she knows her brother that something more is going on with him and he's, he's just choosing not to talk about it. But I kind of think that maybe the tequila... Maybe the fact that it's, you know, in his mind over with Phyllis now maybe sort of helped loosen up the gears a little bit. And he can't quite hide it as well as he has in the past. Ashley ended up kind of guessing that whatever was going on with Billy had something to do with Phyllis. And it just followed suit that she realized it was something of a romantic nature that was going on between Billy and Phyllis, and he doesn't deny it, but he does cover it up. He tells a little bit of the truth. He gives partial truth and tells Ashley that, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'm in love with Phyllis. I have, I'm in love with my brother's wife, but 
we haven't slept together. It was all just, it was in here. It was in my heart and my heart only. It was an emotional affair. I feel bad about it, but it's over. She's committed to Jack. And Ashley is heartbroken. She can't, like, the idea that Billy would fall in love with Phyllis, let alone sleep with her. I mean, she, she, Ashley can't believe that Billy would do that to Jack, that it would even occur to him. She is just absolutely, I think, her mind is blown over the revelation of this information. She goes back upstairs to her office. She's just sort of living her life when she bumps into Jack. And, I, and like, she ends up... Bl blurting out to Jack that Billy's in love with Phyllis. What? <laughs> what? It really ended up kind of being Ashley who lit the fuse to this whole bomb going off, and I couldn't believe that she would say that. I, why could she not stop herself? She could have so easily prevented that from happening, but I suppose she was just so entirely overwhelmed by this information. I'm sure she felt guilty for having it. She didn't want to be the bearer of this secret. Now she's got to carry this around too, so she's trying to she, like backpedal. Say, oh, well, you know, it's just, he said he's in love with her but you know she she loves you and everything's fine and 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 it's clear that Ashley is trying really hard to sweep up the mess but Jack having just gotten off of this conversation with Colin still having his suspicions raised he's not just gonna let it go he of course goes immediately to Billy you what you're in love with my wife what Jack is absolutely livid livid when he walks in and sees Billy there with that red-headed model I could not believe it Billy unfortunately I think for him was being way too flippant. Billy was drunk, and as Jack is trying to talk to him about it, he ended up just making the situation so much worse. There was this defiance in his voice. Jack says, "Do you are you in love with my wife?" And Billy just says, "Yeah." I mean, it just almost there was just something about it where it, I think maybe in that moment it was cathartic for Billy to just admit it. He's been the one more than Phyllis who's wanted to tell Jack about this the entire time. So I think in Billy's mind, he's like, yeah, finally, I want to just tell him, I want to tell him about how I banged his wife, <laughs> you know? Like, I think there, I, I got that vibe off of him. Like he, he, not that he wanted to hurt Jack, but that he wanted it out there. He just wanted somebody to know the truth about his feelings. He wanted to stop hiding it. He wanted to stop feeling like the second man in her in Phyllis's life. And he just admitted to, to Jack that he was in love with her. But he stopped short of saying anything about them having a romantic involvement. At least Billy is smart enough in that moment to not just go blow the entire secret sky high without Phyllis knowing anything about it. But Jack was as mad at the idea that there was 
a romantic, a real romantic love connection coming from Billy that Jack is starting to put together that he probably should have picked up on way before. I mean, they're sitting there in therapy talking about how Billy and Phyllis have become so close. Everybody has been talking for months and months about Billy and Phyllis becoming such good friends and how they're becoming so close and really talking and relying on each other. And now all of a sudden it's starting to make sense. And Jack actually starts tossing Billy around the lab like he's a rag doll. It was really out of character for Jack. That should show us what the kind of Jack we're dealing with actually is. This is like a whole new level for him. Jack has never been the kind of guy to initiate violence. I mean, that's like Nick's job. It's, it's Kane's job. I mean, there's so many other guys in town who cannot wait to throw a punch, but that is not Jack Abbott. He is not the kind of guy that's going to punch you or push you around. And here he is in this moment tossing his brother around like a rag doll. I mean, up against the cabinet, Billy's on the floor. He's not fighting back whatsoever, but but Jack is just saying, come on, come on. I mean, it's it was, it was so, it was like Jack's masculinity and his ego and all of the things that he's been trying to suppress for all of these months, I think just flared up in that moment and he just let it rip on Billy. It was Whoa. <laughs> In a word, it was whoa. And then. <laughs> and then, my friends, he goes home to Phyllis. <laughs> oh, man. I, I mean, first of all, he caught her in another lie saying that he saw her outside. of. He, she went back to the therapist's office and she was talking through with the therapist whether she should end up. Well, she tells the therapist that there was an affair, that she wasn't entirely honest during the couple's therapy session. And she's wanting somebody to tell her what to do. Should I tell Jack? Should I not tell Jack? And uh, so Jack ends up catching her going to the therapist but then he follows her home or they both meet up at home and she tries to lie about it and it's just another lie it's like I think that everything Jack has been trying to swallow down for all of this time is just starting to erupt out of him and love is just the tip of the iceberg he begins to question Phyllis all about it he says I know what's going on between you and Billy. I know that he loves you. He just told me that he's in love with you. So are you in love with him? And did you sleep with him too? Ah! She admits it! She admits it! I think that is... It's almost like probably... I've been saying this all along, that Billy and Phyllis probably wanted to get caught because, it, I mean, initiating it, making the choice to destroy Jack's life and to destroy her marriage, it would be really hard, or even harder to do. But now that he knows, she's not going to keep the truth from him. I don't think she ever really wanted the lie, but she also didn't want to tell him. But he just straight out asks her blatantly and she just says, yes, I slept with him. Can you imagine what that would feel like knowing that your wife and your brother were sleeping together? Jack was 
incensed. And for all of this time where he has been so understanding, so forgiving of Phyllis, he's tried so hard to put himself into her shoes and to shift blame onto himself. Maybe sometimes when he didn't even feel like he deserved it, but at this point, knowing that Phyllis's way of dealing with everything that happened to them was to go and have sex with his brother, he was incensed and he did not allow her any excuses. He told her no more excuses about Marco. No more blaming Victor. I want the truth. I want you to tell me everything. How many times did you sleep with Billy? How long was this going on? Because it wasn't just one time. Okay, we did it once and oops, you know, we felt so bad we never did it again. It was many times up to and including like three days ago. <laughs> okay, like three days ago she was having sex with Billy. So it's relevant because she tried to wriggle her way out of it and act like, oh, it doesn't matter how many times it happened. It matters. Okay, it matters to Jack. I was so glad that she did not try to to hide it. I mean, it was clear that she didn't want to answer the uncomfortable questions, but she also didn't refuse to answer them either. I was so glad that she actually did tell the truth to him about everything, about all of it. The complete and total truth of the situation. All the time, the time, the first time they made love, the last time they made love, the fact that Jill knew about it, the cabin, like everything came out to Jack and I think I saw like steam shooting out of his nose and his face got red and then he shot through the roof like a rocket. It was incredible. I mean, Friday's show belonged to Peter Bergman. Can we just get a round of applause for that man? I mean, everybody did amazing. I really, I thought that Gina Tognoni did great. Jason Thompson did great. It's just that we've watched Jack play this fool for so long. And oh, did it feel good to finally, finally see him get the information that he needed and just erupt in the way that we needed to see him erupt. Ah, oh, it was so, so good. I mean, he even said to her, like, our memories at the cabin, like the place where you helped me get sober, where we reconnected, like everything about our lives. I just want to scrub it off of me with bleach. Can you believe that line? That was such a good line. The writing was so good here, too. I mean, all week, I really, I felt like I was able to individually put myself in everybody's shoes, but I just especially enjoyed being in Jack's shoes, finally. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And I love that he didn't let her off the hook. It's been so much of that. Like, we've seen so much of Phyllis and her feelings, and she's talked a lot about how the Marco thing made her feel and it makes sense, especially during the therapy sessions when she's talking about how she, uh, you know, when she sleeps with Jack, she sees Marco and how guilty she feels that she didn't know and how horrible it is to have everyone in the world also know and whisper about you behind your back that you didn't know you were sleeping with a man who wasn't your husband. Like, I feel like Phyllis's perspective on this has been adequately represented. We've talked about it on YNR Chat many, many times. 
So I'm just setting it aside for a little bit so we can focus on on Jack because he's got feelings in this too. And it is it is far past due time that we had a chance to recognize them and and talk about them. And I just loved that he didn't let her off the hook because of her feelings. He said, you made excuses. You betrayed me and you didn't tell me because you were a coward. And I just thought that's what I think he needed to say. And I think in some ways that's what she needed to hear. I think it's been driving Phyllis mad that he has been so understanding of her. He's been probably hovering over her and trying extra hard when she knows that she's dirty. She knows that she is a coward. And I think in some ways it was probably a relief for her to hear him say that to her. Like, thank you for validating finally all of the bad thoughts that I've had about myself, which I know are true. And he just did. I mean, he did not, he didn't decide to uh, sweep it under the rug. He didn't decide to be understanding Jack in that moment. Good old sentimental, loyal Jack. He decided to erupt back and I loved every minute of it. But Phyllis now realizes that, that the truth coming out means that she has to deal with the consequences of those actions. And unfortunately for her, it's coming at a time where she's decided that she wants Jack. If the truth had come out three weeks ago, she would have been happy to turn around and go live happily ever after with Billy. That was the plan. That was the plan on the day that Jill found out that they had that they were sleeping together. She was going to go home, going to tell Jack about the affair, and she was going to begin a life with Billy. But now three weeks later, now that she's decided that she wants to have a life with Jack, it's kind of coming at an inconvenient time for what she wants. So she tells Jack, well, yes, you know, I had the affair and everything, uh, and I was going back and forth between you and Billy, and yes, I love him, and, and all of those feelings are true, but I chose you in the end. <coughs> Jack just looks at her and said, in the end? This is the end. This is the end. Oh, <laughs> oh man, Phyllis. The scene where she is like collapsed on the floor after Jack walks out. She is just like head down on the floor, left in a mess of her own making. Can you believe it's finally here? <laughs> Oh, man, I think this is a pull-worthy moment. Is this the end of Jack and Phyllis for good? Would you like to fire off your opinions on this week, everything having to do with Phyllis and Jack? And more importantly, let me know if you think there's any hope left for this marriage. YRChat.com is where you can cast your vote, leave your comments, let it rip. I mean, just because Phyllis wants the marriage to work out doesn't necessarily mean that Jack's going to go for it. We've seen Jack try to make, you know, like I said, make excuses for Phyllis or go along with what she said, but that time may very well be over. Jack said it's done. Is it done is my question for you this week because Jack is a very forgiving man. 
he might very well turn around and decide that he's able to look past this because he loves Phyllis so much. Or he may turn around and just become this whole different version of Jack. This could be a signal of a total reversion to the more conniving Jack that we knew in the past. There's a part of me that wishes that he would like, that like Avery were still in town so Jack could go sleep with Phyllis's sister just to teach her a lesson. I'd say that uh, Jack should go sleep with Victoria to teach Billy a lesson, but it wouldn't be quite right considering he used to be her stepfather and all. <laughs> so I'll leave that one off the table. But I'm kind of hoping for the resurgence of angry Jack, of conniving Jack, of of, of, of him just uh, getting, getting like, or giving out some comeuppance. I mean, you know, I think that, that that's how I, I've, I've liked my Jack. I've loved the more mellow version of him, but uh, maybe it's time we see a, a little something different from him. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be good, whatever the result is. Can't wait to hear your comments on all of that this week. Well, Phyllis, of course, post collapsing on the floor and uh, probably cursing her life, she runs pretty much immediately to go find Billy to tell him that Jack knows all about us. But oopsie! Victoria just so happens to be like ducked down on the floor behind a desk, ruffling through her little bag as Phyllis comes in spilling this information. Victoria stands up and looks at Billy and Phyllis like, what is us? <laughs> what do you mean? And Victoria's just previously been needling Billy to find out what's up with him. She's come back into the lab after his little playboy dance party ugh, BS, and she says, what's up with you? I know you well enough to know that this is a self-destructive move. What's the deal? And then all of a sudden Phyllis comes in ready to, you know, practically it was like a confession right there. And Victoria's like, uh, excuse me? Oh man. I mean, like, I, I, I could have probably waited until next week to let Victoria know about this. I kind of wish that that part could have been a, a bigger moment for next week's show, but I was glad she found out about it. And again, I think Billy's glad that everybody knows about it because after Victoria is basically telling Billy that he's disgusting, and she's disgusted with him, she leaves the room and Billy and Phyllis have a moment together in the uh, post the post war, uh, the post-bombing moment uh, where they discuss what's just happened, and <laughs> Billy is like, yeah, 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 the truth is out, but, like, that's cool, why don't you and I just run away together? He actually suggests that, sh that she and him just run away together now. What could he be thinking? I mean, it's like, I don't know if he's still buzzed. There's no rational thought going on in Billy's brain at this moment. It is all Phyllis all the time. It is one track mind. It is completely passion. The man is all pathos and nothing else, which I can appreciate about him. Absolutely. I think it makes him a fascinating character. But I'm like, Billy, are you ready? You just think you're going to be able to run away and leave town? That's your answer? What about your children? 
I just, it's, it's so hard to connect with him sometimes. It's like, just wait until next week when Victoria really sinks her teeth in. Pretty much, you're going to be lucky if Travis isn't raising your baby. If you're not careful, Victoria and Travis are going to be raising your daughter together, and you can just have Phyllis and have your hedonism or whatever, like, life it is that you want to have. Oh, it's so good and so bad all at the same time. But I'm really looking forward to next week, too, because uh, not only is Victoria going to lay into Billy, but Jack accidentally let it slip a little bit this week uh, to, you know, the media about what happened uh, between he and Phyllis and Billy. Uh, there's this meeting for the Abbott Winters Foundation. Our favorite busybody reporter, Lois, is back on the scene, which just on a side note, I loved the little flirtiness that she had going on with Neil. We saw her flirting with Jack, I think, one of the last times that she was on, and it was adorable. But I think her and Neil would be a really good couple. Was anybody else picking up on that vibe? Because that actress, I have seen her on Community, now that I think of it, and she's really funny. She's subtly funny, and I bet you that she'd be able to do drama, too. So, I think they need to bring Lois on. She kind of has like that Sophia thing going on where she's just sort of like a uh, businesswoman. She's like business minded. Why couldn't she be a good match for Neil? I think she could. Oh my gosh, I would just die. Why in our Neil and Lois all the way? <laughs> I think that is gonna that would be a fantastic pair. Uh, but they're having this interview with uh, with uh, Lois. Jack is completely late to the meeting, and when he finally does get there, he starts giving away a little too much information, and I don't think it was on purpose. I really, if you just watch Jack during that scene, I really think he is, his world has just been rocked. He has no ground under his feet whatsoever. He's, he's looking down. Neil's talking about the foundation. Jack is looking down, picking at his fingers. He's just, he's, he's got nothing. He's realized that his whole life is, 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 is gone. What he thought of it was gone in a poof, and now he's sitting here at this meeting trying to talk about a cause that's very important to him and he starts talking about addicts and it you know I mean it's sort of the whole like addiction element is kind of woven into what happened with Billy and Phyllis we know that Billy has a gambling addiction obviously I think Billy might have some alcohol problems <laughs> if we look at him uh, realistically uh, and I, I would say that like you know Phyllis even made the comparison that what was going on between her and Billy was sort of like a drug addiction. We know that Jack is struggling with his own drug addiction, which which I think is probably still in his mind. I think that any of this that's gone on between Billy and Phyllis could easily be a trigger for Jack to want to get back to the pills, or at least to find a safe place to, or a seemingly safe place to escape to. Uh, I don't know, Jack may be a, he may be checking into the, uh, the Abbott Winners Foundation sooner rather than later. Uh, a la Neil, the way he did a few weeks ago. But he just starts talking about addicts, how addicts will take from you and then they will drag you down with them. And Neil says, hey, bud, what's going on? <laughs> and Jack says, well, I'll tell you what's going on. My good-for-nothing brother slept with my wife. <laughs> uh, here's a scoop for 
Victoria, Lois. She ain't gonna let that one go. She's not just gonna like let let it slip on by and not report that story. No, 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 no. From the previews of next week's show, the press is hounding Phyllis. They're like following her wherever she's going. She's wearing like this black hat to try to get away from them. Oh, Summer sees that the press is coming in, so Summer's gonna find out. Everybody's gonna find out about this. Phyllis's most public humiliation is gonna be splashed on the pages of who knows whatever newspaper, probably every single newspaper in Genoa City, kind of the way that she used to splash other people's dirty laundry on the front page of Restless Style back in the day when she was a gossip reporter. I'm sorry, but I love that this whole thing is going to be made public. I mean, does that mean, I don't know, I just, I, I, I guess after weeks and weeks of spending so much time in Phyllis's shoes and empathizing with what she's going through, and after weeks and weeks of watching Jack being played the fool over and over again, is it wrong? Does it make me a bad person that I kinda want to see Billy and Phyllis suffer a little bit just for the drama? To be honest with you, so much of this week centered around Jack and Phyllis that a lot of the other storylines just did not make a blip in my consciousness. Like, it just, it, it just, it was so Jack and Phyllis beautiful, like, and Billy, and just everything that happened with that, any of the other scenes, not that I was checked out or not paying attention, but they just, it, it, it was not making quite the impact. It's hard to go from this big revelation to, oh yeah, you know, uh, Abby and Stitch. <laughs> so I think I'm going to do things a little differently right now and skip right to your comments, and then uh, maybe we'll talk about some of the other storylines that happened in Genoa City in the context of uh, responding to your comments. But first, I have to say, I got uh, dual voice messages this week from Nancy and Melissa, who are mother-daughter viewers of YNR. They're actually four generations of YNR watchers. Grandmother, mother, uh, mother's Nancy, and then daughter's Melissa, and Melissa has a nine-month old and they all four <laughs> watch YNR which I think is beautiful. Nancy was calling me to say she got her soap surprise. Melissa had gotten her uh, some Genoa City soap uh, as a surprise and got it sent to her and Nancy got her bars of Chelsea and Adam and the pumpkin soap. Ooh, that one's so good. Uh, and, uh, and said she really enjoyed it, them. And then Melissa called to give me a really great rant about Phyllis. <laughs> uh, Melissa says, Phyllis is just selfish and immature. She had a supportive husband at home and she's picking fights with him to find a reason to go sleep with Billy. I hope Phyllis gets what she deserves. I love the actress though. G uh, Gina Tognoni is amazing. Wasn't Gina amazing this week? I mean, really, you do have to, to give it to her. I especially enjoyed the therapy scenes. I mean, she's good at crying on cue. I will give her that because the tears were streaming out of that 
woman's eyes. The words that she said felt real to me. I mean, more than I think anybody, I think that Gina Tognoni has been able to really pull us into Phyllis's world and her feelings, uh, whether we agree with them or not. And I do agree that Phyllis had a really great husband at home. Uh, She just wanted a little sung something on the side. Now, Daisy on Facebook uh, says, uh, Jack told a reporter on the live show about a, uh, excuse me, Jack told a reporter on a live show about the affair, and now Phyllis will be harassed by the media again. What Jack did was totally uncalled for. I know he was mad, but it was really nasty. I think Phyllis should drop both Billy and Jack, continue to heal, and move forward in her life. Who knew I'd feel bad for Phyllis, but after everything she went through, after hiding and pushing her feelings down, I do. I really like having those two comments right next to each other too because it's so easy and I feel like I identify on both sides because on one hand it's like Phyllis you are just you're infuriating to me and hard to identify with and then Gina Tognoni just pulls me into her world and like Daisy said it's just you you get it and you believe her and you want to feel bad for her. Um, I really don't think though that Jack did it on purpose. I really really don't. I feel like Jack just had bottled it up. I think he, as he said right before the interview, uh, I'm going to do this interview because I'm not going to let Phyllis and Billy take this away from me too. They've managed to take away my marriage and I hope they don't take away his sobriety, but he wants to maintain some sense of normalcy and sitting there, I just think little by little, it started to escape and he just lost his mind in that moment. He had a weak moment just like Phyllis and Billy have had weak moments and he just said something he should have he was not cognizant of 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 what he was really doing I don't think he would have done that to Phyllis on his own and I do I know that I'm gonna feel bad for Phyllis next week like I'm sure that reporters are gonna be hounding her and I'm gonna be feeling like a jerk uh, (laughs) that it's happening but I I don't know there's just another part of me that was like oh that's gonna be good tv (laughs) James at yrchat.com says finally Jack shows some fire. I'm seeing a future showdown with Victor. He told Summer that the Newman Abbott truce won't last forever. That's the clue for me that things are about to blow up between Victor and Jack. My money's on Jack this time to shut down the Black Knight, James says. Yeah, you know, I didn't pick up on that. Like, sometimes uh, my soap opera senses will pick up on things like the like Billy and Phyllis, like, oh, this is getting ready to come out. But you, met, you make a good point, James, about Summer uh, going out of her way. I think it's been kind of two weeks that seed has been planted a little bit. First, Victor said that the Abbott of uh, Newman war will never be over. And then uh, this week, Summer said it to Phyllis, I think. So it, it, now that you mention it, it does seem like YNR is trying to give us a little bit of a heads up that something is going to, to be there. But I mean, yeah, all roads are going to lead back to Victor on this one. Jack is going to see that ultimately what Victor did with the whole Marco thing did cost him his marriage. Maybe Jack has been so understanding about it because he felt like, well, everything worked out in the end. You know, everybody kind of, you know, everybody turned out okay. But now that Jack has lost his marriage and he really realized what the repercussions were, he probably is going to go at Victor with everything he's got. And I agree. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Um, 
Gary left me a voice message this week, and I love, like, Gary and I, I think, share an interest in the sets and kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff on YNR, because I found this fascinating. Gary said that Jack and Phyllis, uh, when they were at the therapist office, and we saw that scene in the parking lot uh, right outside, it was actually the CBS parking lot at the artist's interest. Gary recognized the artist's entrance at CBS and that's where they filmed that scene where Jack got in his car, Phyllis got in her car. That's so fascinating to me. I don't know why they didn't do stuff like that before. It's just, it was so neat. I, I don't, what, does anybody catch what kind of car Jack and Phyllis were driving? <laughs> I, I'm, we know Marco loves that. What, what did he have? He ended up buying that Corvette or some kind of crazy expensive car. I, I would imagine that Jack drives a sensible, uh, a sensible, but yeah, like expensive Lincoln or something. I don't know. Did anybody catch that part of it? Um, I also thought I'd, since we're talking about sets and Gary had mentioned that, uh, can we talk a second about the big reveal scene at the Abbott house and the choice to go hands-free with the camera? Did you guys notice that? The uh, whole scene was shot hands-free, so it was kind of shaky cam in some places, getting up on Phyllis's face, moving back to Jack. It was like, it felt like, and I'm sure that it was sort of neat for the actors to have this sort of fluidness to the scene that I think played back and was appropriate for what was going on. I'm not saying I would want to see every single scene shot handheld, but the fact that that the camera was kind of shaky was representative of the shakiness of this marriage and the rumbling, the earthquake that was happening beneath uh, these people's feet. I thought it was really appropriate it worked. Uh, we saw another really cool scene where uh, Jack and Phyllis were sitting in the two chairs by the door and the camera kind of did this upshot of them, uh, which made them both seem very big in sort of a small space. And just I really like that YNR is doing something different with uh, the camera styles, with the, the scenes. We went to the dining room this week. I think I talked about that a couple weeks ago, too that we, they shut off that Abbott Mansion dining room door a while ago and seemed to never put it back together. And we uh, shifted that scene into the dining room this week. They could have done the whole thing right there in the, in the, uh, in the front of the, uh, the Abbott living room. But we shifted into the dining room, even just for a little bit. It was nice to see something different. Uh, uh, you know, I, it's, I, I loved, we've spent a lot of time in that dining room and I like to see it. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of sort of interesting twists at YNR coming up. You can feel the difference. By the way, did anybody notice that Elizabeth Hendrickson is now billed in the opening credits of the show as of this week? Although I think... It's her old intro. Does any did anybody notice that? It's like she's back in the intro, but I think that it's a the shot of it is a couple year from a couple years old from before she left the show uh, after Delia's death. So if anybody if anybody knows for sure, I'd love to know uh, if that was a new. It just didn't look new to me. It looked like I've seen it a million times before. Um, okay, so this week we have a new writer, the uh, Chuck Pratt 
is out at YNR as the head writer. I, gosh, I, I wrote down what the what the woman's the new woman's name was, and now I don't remember. It was something like Sally Sussman or something like that. I read a little bit of her bio, and it said that she had experience in writing for YNR in the past. So she has she's familiar not only with soap operas but specifically with YNR. So that could be a really good sign. A new head writer. We've got a new executive producer. Things are looking different, feeling different, feeling fresh at the show right now. Um, I'm loving it. I think it's a good thing. Marianne at YRChat.com says, at least now that we have a new writer who was back around when Jack was much shrewder, but uh, just as bad as Billy, instead of being a more saintly version of his father. This new Jack makes uh, John almost seem like Colin in comparison. I'm interested to see how some of our favorites will be written around the holidays since at least YNR doesn't film too far in advance and the new writer will probably start in October. Yeah, I really think that we're going to... I, it's it's kind of clear, I think, that we're, we we might be seeing a, a, a different you know version of Jack. It really could go either way. I could, I could actually see him going back to being forgiving, but I think maybe the probability is more likely that, it, that we're going to see the a new old Jack. <laughs> but you make a good point, Marianne, that this if this writer knew Jack and was familiar with the character when she worked at YNR in the past, maybe she's going to be able to help us put things together on a, a kind of uh, a, an old new version of Jack. <laughs> oh my goodness. So zooperplex at yrchat.com gets us into Sharon's mystery caller. It was just one little tiny moment of the week, but it certainly did pique my interest too. Zooperplex says, is it possible that it's Patty? Patty doesn't know that Christian is Sully, but if somehow Victor realized that Patty had some information useful for him and connived to wrench it out of her, he becomes the only person alive who can place the two pieces of the puzzle together, which we uh, kind of talked about uh, last week. I did a um, you know a little bit of an analysis of who knows uh, who knows what when it comes to the big paternity secret, and it seems like there's no one on the landscape right now who, who would know the full puzzle that not only Christian is alive, uh, but that he's Sully and that Sully is Adam's son. So it is certainly possible that uh, Victor is working with Patty and he uh, somehow managed to investigate and find out that what Sharon's hiding. We know that Sharon has been feeling especially terrified of what Victor could do. She he seems to be putting it under the guise of, of of what Victor could do to Dylan for pursuing uh, the truth, or sorry, for you know what she what Victor could do to Dylan for pursuing the you know charges against him and everything having to do with Adam. But I think Sharon is really worried that Victor is going to somehow find out her secret. So is it possible that Victor is somehow behind that call? Uh, that Patty is somehow behind that call? I'd love to hear your theories this week on who you think Sharon's mystery caller is. Somebody's given, like doing dialing and hang-ups on her. It just feels Patty-y to me. It feels like something Patty would do. Although Connor at YRChat.com says, what if it's Sage and she didn't really die? Maybe, and this is just a thought, the gloved hand we saw last week knew that Christian was still alive and gave a promise 
to bust out Sharon's secret. Hmm. Well, I like the idea of it being Sage. I'm not going to lie. We talked about that last week as well, uh, that Sage would be someone who completely knows the two pieces of, of the story and would be able to put everything together and uh, come right the wrongs, I suppose, that have, that have been done. Uh, so I would love it if the mystery caller and who knows, maybe even the gloved hand were Sage. Last week's poll question, poll question was, who is the mystery gloved hand? 43% of you said it's Adam, which was my thought too. I just had a feeling that uh, that scene uh, at the, you know, where we saw him, we saw the wedding ring being put away. I just thought that's got to be Adam. It doesn't entirely make sense why Adam would choose to stay away from Chelsea and Connor unless he feels that he's doing it to somehow protect them. Uh, that's the only part of it that doesn't entirely connect with me as to why Adam would choose to let them believe that he's dead. Uh, but uh, I don't know, something in me just, just says it's got to be Adam. 37% of you thought it was Chloe, which I also think is is a real possibility. She could she could have killed him. I mean, she really could have killed him and she could be keeping the the wedding ring. Uh, and then 20% of you thought uh, that it was someone else, that there was somebody else behind it. Uh, Sandra, for instance, says that uh, she thinks it's Ian Ward, which is, we talked about that a little bit last week too. Ian Ward uh, certainly has the uh, capability of pulling off something like this, and it, it might very well be. I like Beatrice's idea here that that maybe it's Bethany. Beatrice says, I'm going to say the mystery loved hand is Bethany because uh, Victor told her to take the fall for the missing pages of the diary. Uh, so maybe maybe she did it. Maybe she uh, uh, le- that uh, she left Adam for dead and, or Chloe left Adam for dead and Bethany came to the rescue. That's an interesting theory. That would probably uh, be a real shocker if it, if it turned out to be, uh, to be somebody kind of off the landscape or somebody who is really Really, really sidelined, but I think, uh, yeah, a couple people said Ian. I think this is, I think that's, uh, it's, it's certainly possible. Zero percent said Victor, by the way. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe some people might think Victor was behind it, but uh, nobody, nobody uh, got onto that. Victor, um, let's see, actually, first let me read Shelly's comment here at yrchat.com saying, I would love it if Victor and Adam and maybe Nikki set up the entire explosion themselves in order to get rid of, uh, in order to rid Adam of life behind bars. It's possible. I, I kind of like, I really still kind of like that Nikki's involved in this, but it's absolutely possible that Victor is, Victor and or Nikki are working with Adam uh, to start the fire. So, What's up with this restraining order this week? Uh, Dylan has continued to pursue Victor, and uh, and he wants to believe that Victor had something to do with Adam's death, uh, which it's not a far leap considering, and the fact that he busted Adam out of jail. I think that Dylan is right to continue to pursue Victor, even though everybody seems to be warning him against it. Uh, but Victor this week had a restraining order drawn up in about five. I mean, 
mean, I don't know. Like, like he told he told his this mystery guy at the athletic club that he wanted to have something done about Dylan. And then two scenes later, it doesn't seem like they've even moved. And the guy has a, a restraining order already drawn up, which Victor promptly hands over to Paul. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess uh, Dylan's going to unfortunately not be able to. Maybe he's going to be forced to not be able to pursue anything having to do with Victor. But I thought it was interesting that Dylan went or that Nikki went to Dylan this week and tried to convince him to stop pursuing it, saying that, uh, you know, if you if you try to arrest Victor, you're going to have to arrest me, too. And you're going to have to arrest Chelsea, too, because if we did anything that had anything to do with Adam and his escape, then uh, then and we didn't. I'm just saying hypothetically, then you're then we're all in trouble, too. So um, at this point, Dylan kind of has to choose. Is he going to pursue the truth and his mother and his family be damned? Or is he going to let it drop? Uh, I think Chelsea needs some peace. I think maybe for Chelsea's sake, it would be better if, if Dylan let it go. She is like pushing everybody away. Chelsea's throwing herself into work. She was really mean to Sharon this week. She was really mean to Nick this week. The man brought her donuts. I mean, he was so cute coming into the Restless Style building or the Chelsea 2.0 office and he has two little cups of coffee and all these donuts and I just thought, oh, that's so sweet. I mean, bringing donuts is like the way to a woman's heart and Chelsea just was kind of mean to him in return and I'm sure that that's all going to be resolved in the very near future um, because Chelsea's kind of coming around. She ends up kind of kicking Nick out, kicking Sharon out. She just in general doesn't want anybody to try to tell her how to grieve over her husband, doesn't want anybody to tell her that she can't throw herself into work if that's what she wants to do, which I understand. But Victor ended up showing up at the uh, office this week and told her that he is giving her back her shares in Chelsea 2.0 so that she can fully own her company. She can operate it where and when and how she wants to. Uh, So there's, I mean, there's nothing keeping her in Genoa City at this point now if Victor hands those back, but uh, she did seem to appreciate it. And um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I guess that's just another gesture from Victor. Are we seeing more of his redemption story. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the only other thing that I really, really wanted to mention this week was the follow-up on Abby and Stitch. It just wasn't very big in comparison to the Jack and Phyllis blow-up. But I will say, at the end of last week, I was shocked that Stitch was ready to turn around and suggest that he and Abby start a family and uh, that, you know, out of nowhere, and that Abby was actually deciding that she didn't think maybe that was the best idea. She sits down with Stitch and says, I'm sorry, I can't tell you what I what you want me to say here. I I mean, you say that you want to have a baby, which is what I was saying several months ago, and now all I see is our floundering marriage. I think that our marriage needs more work before we go and start a family. And I was really proud of her for saying that. I mean, it was like such a mature attitude coming from Abby Newman. I, maybe we're seeing Abby 2.0. Maybe, maybe she's transitioning from Abby to Abby. Abigail.
Adam was a complicated soul. That was a who said it quote that I was not expecting very many people to pick up on, but you actually did. Ten people guessed correctly that it was Sharon who made that observation during Adam's、uh, memorial service. She was talking to Michael, which, by the way, I did enjoy the brief little scenes between Sharon and Michael. They seem to be cohorting a little bit. I don't Know, maybe Sharon's gonna be needing his legal counsel sooner rather than later, but it was kind of nice because they were two people who were sort of on the outskirts of Adam's life but who loved him and who had、uh, mourning to do. I also liked the line because Sharon probably knows just as well as anyone else that Adam was a complicated soul. They were married, they had this incredible romantic connection. Which, as I mentioned last week, I felt like YNR kind of threw away when they decided to pursue Adam and Chelsea's relationship, which I, for a very long time, was kind of resentful about. And it really put up walls for me when it came to Chelsea. I was not a Chelsea fan at all. If we flash back to YNR chat a couple of years ago, I was really not happy when Adam and Chelsea started kicking up their relationship. Relationship. I didn't really like her. I felt she was a peripheral character,、uh, just a con artist, and I didn't, I didn't particularly like the actress or the character. Didn't want to see her. Didn't want to see her with Adam, especially not after he had this epic romance with Sharon. I just, I loved the connection that Adam and Sharon had. I could have stood to see a little more acknowledgement of that, if not through the past, you know, the course of the past couple years, at least. At the memorial, but I, I I have to give props to everybody who picked up on that moment too.、Uh, it was Sharita, Angela, Edith, Joe, Henry, Gina, Fox, Rocks. Tanya, Jasmine, and Dylan, who all guessed that it was Sharon,、uh, very, very correctly.、Uh, and I think I have another good quote for you guys this week. If you're up for a new one, how about this? You and I are about as different as chalk and cheese. <laughs> That one just stuck out to me. Is that a saying? Is that something that people say? You and I are about as different as chalk and cheese. <laughs> one of those things is very delicious. Another one of those things should never be eaten, never ever be consumed. <laughs> But I thought it was a funny line, chalk and cheese. <laughs> I liked it. So if you think you, if you caught it, or if you think you can guess who said that, you can go to Y R Chat. dot com and、uh, leave your guess there. If you get it right, I will give you your shout out during next week's YNR chat. Just like the ten of these very special people who got、uh, last week's right, I was very very impressed with that. I thought it was kind of a hard one. I didn't think anybody was gonna get it, but、uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys will get this one. You and I are about as different as chalk and cheese.
Well, I think that we've done a good amount of chatting today, so I think I'll wrap it, wrap it up for the week. But, I mean, we've got a whole nother week ahead of us of craziness, and I haven't even gotten your feedback about the week yet. So, if you would like to sound off about YNR, I think the best conversations are happening at YRChat.com. Uh, in fact, I've seen also a lot of really good comments uh, on our community question last week. What's on your soap opera resume? Several people have chimed in to talk about the other daytime shows uh, that they've watched. A lot of people just, you know, talked, you know, kind of reminisced about loving all my children as the world turns, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital. There are just so few of our daytime soaps that are still left on, and I know everybody really misses their uh, really misses the the soaps that have been uh, let go or or discontinued uh, but a lot of people also uh, mentioned like passions I remember when passions was on uh, and uh, several people mentioned dark shadows I always tell myself like I should watch that I know that or I want to say I could be wrong but I believe they made like a movie remake of it not that long ago right it had um, Johnny Depp in it I want to say I don't know it's probably not any good I I, I know nothing about Dark Shadows, but I've had several people tell me I should watch it, and I probably should. I, you know, I I know we were kind of talking about daytime soaps, but I really, uh, I, I love the whole, I love Dallas. I've said that a billion times. Um, and I, I really would love to dig into Dynasty. That is right up my alley. I love that. I love the hair. I love the shoulder pads. And I love just kind of the classic cattiness that just, it feels, that, it feels, feels good. I can snug up inside of, of, of uh, Dynasty, I think, uh, because uh, it's sort of similar, I think, you know, in, to, a, to a daytime soap. Uh, and I love D Dallas so much, so I think I would really like those. I gotta find time! Uh, there's so many shows, so little time. I'm uh, gearing up for the finale of Big Brother this week. It, I, it occurred to me this week that the only show that I've watched as long as YNR, or uh, that I've watched uh, as long as YNR, like YNR, I've watched for 20 plus years, uh, is Big Brother, though. I, I've wa I watched that show starting in, had it been like 2001, I want to say. Uh, and, and, and I started watching Survivor uh, probably 8 to 10 years ago. So I tend to I tend to pick a show and I'm loyal to it. It's But CBS has a lot of long-running shows. It's, it's really probably unusual for a network to have, the, you know, shows that really, really run that long. Um, but yeah, those, I guess, those are the three shows that I've been watching uh, the longest, even though there's a, I mean, YNR by far the longest. So I, I love I love my shows. I wish I had more time to pick up new ones. Uh, but anyway, if you want to talk about uh, the shows that you've watched, what's on your soap opera resume, you can go to YRChat.com and of course, please vote in the poll and sound off about Jack and Phyllis this week and any of the other storylines that maybe didn't get as much attention. YRChat.com, I think, is becoming a nice little community of people. Uh, and But, you know, there's always the Facebook and the YouTube pages, which you can find the links to from the website and you can, you're more than welcome to comment there or, um, 
or wherever else you can find me. <laughs> uh, I always love hearing from you guys. It's such a pleasure. And I'm going to be back next week to see the fallout. <laughs> I'll be back next week as I will every week until the end, which hopefully will be never. <laughs> I love the show. I love you guys. And I will absolutely see you next Sunday. Everybody have a good one. Love ya. Bye.